0: Welcome, Zaslo Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 28th of December. Good to have you aboard. Part of the Believe Podcast Network and presented as always by Anna, Jar, and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free, 800 747 3733. And of course, yes, it's the holiday season, and the only people that don't get time off during the time of year are the pro athletes and the good folks at bet online with NFL, we got the bowl games, NBA in full swing over these holidays. Bet Online, they're not taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the second odds, news and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head to Bet Online today to get into the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online Where the game starts. So, got a fun show planned for everybody today. We're in a great mood. Good night last night locally as the Panthers win. Our friend Jessica Blaylock, Bally Sports Florida. She's going to join us. We'll talk some Panther hockey with her as the Cats return to the ice last night after the Christmas break. And a great performance against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Today's Thursday. That means we got Thursday Night Football. Week 17 gets going tonight, Browns, Jets. I mean, you got to expect the Browns to kick the shit out of them, right? Low scoring game, great Browns defense, great Jets defense. Can the Browns, though, I mean, can they score against this Jets team? Flacco's been great, but a little bit turnover prone. And, you know, you don't necessarily have playoff implications as far as the Dolphins are concerned, but you are interested in what the Browns are doing because technically they are still alive, as far as the uh, uh, winning division goes. That's right. Now, they need to win their final two. And they need Baltimore to lose their final two. But still, this is a game that matters for Cleveland tonight. The Jets, obviously, they fucking suck. But we'll be tuned to it tonight. We're going to be watching Andy Got Late Night with the Heat tonight. The Heat, 10 p.m. They begin this five-game Western trip at the Golden State Warriors. We'll do a little bit of Heat today. Jessica is going to join us. It's Thursday, which means Jamie Eisenberg. CBS Sports Fantasy Football. He joins us on Thursdays to help us get the week started. And for pretty much anyone who plays fantasy football, you're in your fantasy football championship this week. So Jamie's going to help us set our lineups, give us the good plays, and try and help you get set if you're still alive in your fantasy football playoffs. But first, let's start things off here with your favorite little hockey team. So finally, back in action last night, the Panthers at the Lightning... I was muttering to myself throughout the game last, I fucking hate the Tampa Bay Lightning. I hate them so much. And while you got to do it in the playoffs, and I would like to see the Panthers play the Lightning in the playoffs, I wanted them to play them in the playoffs last year. I know the previous two years, the Lightning, they, you know, they, they've been our daddies, all right? It feels like we've not just closed the gap on them. It feels like the Panthers are the better team now. But you really got to do it in the playoffs. I hope they meet in the postseason this year. Right now, the Panthers are second in the Atlantic, which so much hockey left to play. You would host the team that's third, which right now is Toronto. Tampa Bay's right behind them. I would love for the Panthers to face the Lightning in the playoffs and end their season. I hate that team so much. So last night, first game back after the Christmas break, that felt really good last night. And especially because... The Panthers had lost four out of five games, and and, and I told you guys, this is a tough part of their schedule, where, you know, you had Vegas, which they won, at Tampa Bay, you got at the Rangers coming up on Friday, well, the Panthers have recovered very nicely. So, let's get it started here. Panthers, early in the first period, about five minutes into the game, it was Aaron Ekblad with his First goal of the season. Another face off win in the offensive zone. Ekblad gets it towards the net score. It
1: got through. May have been deflected, and the Panthers are on the board first. Well, that's what happens when you win those draws in the offensive zone. And Ekblad, he's one of the team leaders in shots on goal per game. It
0: was not deflected. It's Ekblad's first goal of the year, and that's something we talked about where. This Panther team that has struggled for offense at parts of this season, well, Montour finally scored a goal a few games ago. Ekblad finally scored a goal last night. They need the scoring from those offensive defensemen. We know they missed the first part of the season, first like 8, 9, 10 games. It's taken them a little while to get going here. That's a major part of the Panthers' offense, Ekblad and Montour. So Ekblad gets his first goal of the year, Sam Reinhart would cash in with his 20th to put the Panthers up 2-0.
1: Barkov. now Rodriguez in front, Reinhardt scores! Oh, was that beautiful! Barkov, Rodriguez,
0: and Reinhardt, and Sam's got 20 on the year!
1: Oh boy, that'll cook your goose in hot oil right there. That whole line, everybody touch the puck, the pinch from the defense,
0: keep the play alive. Huge goal there, because that's putting the Panthers up 2-0 going into the third period, Reinhardt's 20th goal of the year. Bobrovsky, by the way, fantastic throughout this game. He, maybe Bobrovsky's best game of the season. He was phenomenal. Sam Reinhardt, after the Lightning make it 2-1, like se- a-, a minute into the third period. All right, now we got a game. Then the Lightning go on the power play, so they're going to have a chance to tie it. And the Panthers at Sam Reinhardt said, uh-uh.
1: Pucherov. Reinhardt gets to it in front. Shorthanded chance. He scores! of the night 21 on the year and it's a shorty well you know those two penalty killers Barkoff and Reinhardt when they're on the ice if they get an opportunity they've got the green light to try and score shorthanded, and that's exactly what they did yes a shorthanded goal
0: and when when a team scores a shorthanded goal against you it's the most annoying thing when your team scores a shorthanded it's awesome Reinhardt's second goal of the game he gets a shorty Panthers go up 3-1 the Lightning would, very soon after, like a minute later, would get it back. They would score on that power play still, 3-2, to two. but the Panthers hang on. They actually draw a penalty late in the game, so the Lightning weren't even able to pull the goalie. Panthers, up a goal. You never see this. You're up a goal, and you get to essentially drain out the clock in the offensive zone yourself. Lightning never had a chance late. Panthers hang on and win 3-2. to two. Very good win for your favorite little hockey team. Reinhardt a pair of goals, Ekblad with his first of the year, Uh, Barkov had a great game on both sides of the ice, and Sergei Bobrovsky, phenomenal last night. So, Friday night, next up for the Panthers, tomorrow night, uh, I believe it's at home, hosting the New York Rangers, and so a difficult part of the schedule, the Panthers right now are doing a terrific job. Alright, we're going to get Jessica Blaylock here in a few moments, we'll get her thoughts on last night's game, just talk Panther hockey in general. But I want to tell you guys, hey, you know, here in South Florida, if you're thinking about getting a new home, you want to maybe upgrade, maybe you want to downsize, you need to make sure you get a real estate broker who knows what you're doing. And that's why I send you to Matthew H. Mashler, Signature Real Estate Finder. If you're looking for your dream home in any part of beautiful South Florida, look no further than Matthew H. Mashler your trusted real estate broker whether you're looking for something in, in you know a- any part of south florida if you're looking for something big you're looking for something small you need to make sure you get the best price out there you want it you need someone guiding you who knows the neighborhood knows the schools Matthew H. Mashler, Signature Real Estate Finder, 561-208-3334, 561-208-3334. If you're already in the real estate business, maybe you want to take your real estate career to the next level, join the Signature team. Signature real estate companies are South Florida's industry leaders, ranked number one In Boca Raton, they're one of the tops in the entire state of Florida. And with offices all through the state, including Delray Beach, Parkland, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Naples, Palm Beach, Orlando. The signature team is where you want to be. So whether you're buying your dream home, Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334. You're selling your property, Matthew H. Mashler, realestatefinder.com or you're looking to join the best in the business and take your career to the next level, contact Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334, realestatefinder.com. Matthew H. Mashler, your pathway to exceptional real estate experiences. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba, European Roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba for yourself, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Win dixie Fresco y That's how I'm enjoying the Panthers' win last night over the Lightning in the Zaslow Mansion family room. Of course, make sure you drink responsibly and don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Joining us now is our friend Jessica Blaylock, Bally Sports Florida. I'm watching her last night, along with my guy Ed Jovanovsky as the Panthers are finally back in action off the Christmas break. <laughs> Jessica, how you doing? You look you look like uh, you're, you're you're all refreshed and ready for the new year after this Christmas break.
2: Yeah, I'm doing great. Had a chance to go home to Jacksonville for a quick trip. Got to build a gingerbread house with my three-year-old niece, which was so much fun. Had a great Christmas. Um, but Miss Panthers hockey, I know it sounds funny to say, but three days without hockey felt like three weeks, especially after how much fun that win over Vegas was on Saturday. So great to get back at it tonight, and or last night, and uh, it was great to kick it off with another W.
0: What a great response, too, by this team, right? Because they had lost four <laughs> out of five, and then they're, entering a really difficult stretch where they have Vegas at Tampa and the New York Rangers. And they respond with two of their best performances of the season.
2: Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny because even throughout the course of that rough patch where they lost four or five, I remember, you know, walking out with Jeff Chikrin one night after a post-game show and we were talking about it. And I was like, you know what? I think this is going to be one of those stretches that in, in the big picture It's actually good for this team. It's a good reminder that it's not easy. It's a good reminder of the things that you want to make sure that you work on. Um, And I, I, I think they're going to be fine. Like I was not worried at all when they had dropped four out of five. And I think these last two games, you know, the win over Vegas, the win over Tampa, this team has gotten back to their identity uh, which is really, at the end of the day, despite the star offensive power, you know, being a, a defensive-minded, defensive, defensively structured team. Um, and so, uh, you know, Vegas, that first period, uh, the Golden Knights only had three shots on yeah. goal. Uh, you look at what the Panthers were able to do defensively last night against, um, you know, Steven Stamkos, a Braden Point. Uh, I know Kucherov got the goal in the third period, but really... They've gotten back to just being a hard nosed defensive team. Sergei Bobrovsky has been so good, and they've oh, he was the-
0: so good last goals. night. Oh my god, oh,
2: ridiculous! Like I've rewatched that save on point so many times today because it was just absurd. Um, but you know they've kind of gotten back to their identity, and I think that's been the biggest difference maker over these past two games.
0: Uh, are you worried at all about Matthew Kachuk? Like, are we going to get to a point where the goals start to come in bunches for him?
2: Yeah, I'm, it's hard to say that I'm worried about Kachuk. I know the goals aren't there, but he's still, I think, third on the team in assists. So he is still actively participating in the offense, right? And then just everything else that he does. I thought he had a great quote a couple weeks ago when he talked about the importance of the team being infinitely more important than his personal numbers. And he is still the guy that's going to elevate the compete level. He's still the guy that's going to defend his teammates. He's still the guy that's going to spur you on uh, to wanting to win a game. And, and again, at the end of the day, he is still getting chances. They're just not going in. You know, I was talking to somebody recently about Kachuk and I said, it reminds me kind of of Sam Reinhart last year, right? Where Reinhart started out the season, was hitting posts, was hitting the crossbar, was getting open looks and, and shooting the puck wide of the net. And at the end of the season, we look up and this guy finishes with 31 goals. I don't know if Kachuk is, is quite going to get to the 30 goal mark, but I think we're going to look up at the end of the season and be like, okay, this guy ended up being... Just fine when it came to the offensive production. I think we're just so we were so spoiled last year with how easily he fit in and how easily the offense came that maybe we put not an unrealistic expectation on what he was going to do this year, but just um, maybe you know we're we're looking for a little too much as far as him just constantly having a career year after career year after career year. Um, he's still getting looks and I think that's the biggest thing and it's something that both, you know, Chick and Jovo have talked about as long as he's getting those looks. You don't really worry. It's when it's when kind of the looks stop coming and the chances stop coming and 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 things like that that you start to get a little worried. Sure, I I think everybody would love to see a little bit more as far as the gold production. I'm sure even Kachuk himself would love to see a little bit more as far as the gold production, but I still think he's just such a key piece of this team, and uh, so I, I wouldn't say that I'm heavily, heavily worried about Kachuk.
0: Well, and also, you know, he was scoring all those goals last year in the regular season. They, they weren't winning very many games. Now this year, they're they're having a really nice first, you know, third of the season. Much the goals than
2: expected, especially yeah. considering some of the injuries that they started totally. out the year with.
0: Totally. And that's why I go
2: back to that quote. You know, I think he's still got the right mentality. He is still going out there every night, playing so hard, laying everything out there on the line. But at the end of the day, he is infinitely more concerned about where the team is and the fact that the team is having success, even if he's not scoring a goal a night. Um, And that to me tells you everything you need to know about having a Matthew Kachuk on your team.
0: I'll tell you one of the things I love so much about hockey. You know, last night throughout the game, I I hate the Lightning so much. And I'll be muttering <laughs> under my breath throughout the game like, "Oh, I fucking hate these guys." But yeah. but the thing that I love about hockey, you could tell that the Panthers, the players, they hate them too. And and they're not they're not shy about saying it. Like I remember a, a couple years ago I had Ryan Lomberg on my show and you know, he was very open about telling me how much he hates the Tampa Bay Lightning! When yeah. Matthew Kachuk had his, uh, uh, press his press conference com- right. to, to introduce himself to the media, he told everybody, "I I hate the Lightning now. I hate the I Hurricanes." I have a
2: shirt now. that has that quote on it. Literally, yeah. because it's so good.
0: It's one of the things I love about hockey. They don't they don't pussyfoot around, you know, their feelings when it comes to that kind of stuff. Even the game against the Bruins that the Panthers played the Bruins a couple weeks ago. And the head coach of the Bruins, you know, like, you know, does this game feel like it's a little extra? And, you know, in in the NBA, they'll add it's one of 82. It's just another game. The coach, the Bruins like, no, they ruined our summer. This game means a little bit more to us. Like I love that part about hockey.
2: Yeah. And I, I said it on the broadcast last night, you know, that I expected this one to get a little nasty, but that's the way that it should be. This should be a good rivalry. Like, (laughs) I
0: hate that they're only playing three times a year now. I know,
2: but these two teams should hate each other. And you want to see that come to life out on the ice. And I feel like we do in every single one of these meetings between the Lightning and the Panthers. We see the chippiness and the rough stuff and the nastiness and how much these two teams do hate each other. And that's what makes it such a good rivalry. So, I love it. I think it's so much fun. When I think of teams that I want to beat more than any other team, I think Lightning, I think Toronto Maple Leafs, and I think now you're getting to the point where you think Boston Bruins.
0: I I I like I said, I it's disappointing that they're only playing 3 times this year. I really hope we see them in the playoffs because it feels like the Panthers have absolutely closed the gap on them. Yeah, and I, like I, I feel like the final step is let's let's see these guys in the playoffs. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. Yes, and I and that's something that I I think we may have talked about a couple years ago. Um, if if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. And look, the Lightning in recent years, have won a couple Stanley Cups. They went to the Cup three times. Uh, it, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. And so I think it would be really satisfying at some point to see that matchup uh, yep. and and to see it play out the way that we want to see it play out.
0: Yep. Uh, how about the home crowds this year? We're finally at awesome. that place awesome. where we, we have some sustained success And that's how you build the fan base. I mean, I was, I went, by the way, I'm, I'm 0-3 at Panther games this year. I may have to stop going for the betterment of the team. Oh, look at that guy. Who are we holding now? Who is that?
2: I know. I I could hear him crying because he wanted mama. So this is Mario, my little senior rescue from Miami. Uh, There he is. I've had him for, (laughs) I've had him for about five, six months. Um, no teeth, so his tongue kind of hangs out of the side yep. of his mouth. Yep, Cataracts, there it is. bad yep. knees, but um he is the sweetest little thing, and for as long as I have him, he will have the best life ever. So I I uh, I
0: may <laughs> I may have to stop going to games for a little bit because they're 0-3 at games I've oh, been at no. this year, which yeah. is really which is really upsetting. But the point is the last game I was at was the St. Louis game uh, a week ago. It's a random Tuesday night against a Western Conference team, and the place was packed. Like yeah. it's so cool the atmosphere now. Every game,
2: I love it, and and it's it's not just us locally that are noticing how amazing the crowds have been. I love that Florida Panther fans are finally getting respect nationally. I was watching whatever the last TNT broadcast was, um, whatever the last game that that TNT covered for the Panthers. All of those guys spent the first intermission talking about Florida Panther fans and the crowds at Amarant Bank Arena and how Paul Maurice has talked about how even in his time here he's kind of seen a transition from, you know, if you're playing the Leafs, if you're playing the Bruins, if you're playing the Rangers, whatever team it is. It is no longer a 60-40 split, a 50-50 split. I mean, it is Panther red, Panther jerseys all throughout the crowd. And I think it is amazing. And I think it has become such a fun home atmosphere, whether it's, you know, the we want 10 chance, whether it's, you know, fans singing along with Mambo number five, like, whatever it may be the Bobby, 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 like, there are just so many aspects of what Panther fans are bringing to the arena that give the cats such a, such an awesome home ice advantage and players have talked so much about how much they notice it and how much they feed off of it and what a difference it makes. And I, I love seeing it, but ultimately I love seeing that Panther fans are getting respect because they deserve it.
0: Very big weekend Rangers, Canadians, week. both home games. Are you working both those games?
2: So Craig will be on the desk for the Rangers game and then I'll be back for the game against the Canadians. So right, yeah, right. it, it it that's another reason I think that uh hockey has been so much fun this season is the ridiculous amount of parody around the league. It is so true. It's it's not really a cliche. It's it's just so true that there are no easy nights in the NHL. You know, we saw Columbus drop nine on the Maple Leafs. We saw Uh, San Jose go on a a little bit of a fun streak. Um, They, you know, they took the Vegas Golden Knights, the defending Stanley Cup champions to overtime one night after overcoming a two goal deficit. I mean, we're just seeing all of these crazy games around the league. And I think it's, it's just, it's making Hockey in general, not just Florida Panthers hockey fun, but hockey in general, so much fun to watch to see. Like I'm locked into so many games every single night because you just never know what's going to happen. So it's such
0: a great sport. Like I'm so glad, I I mean, I've been preaching it for years here. I'm so glad that so many of us down here have caught on to it, you know? Yeah.
2: And especially the team that, you know, Bill Zito has built. And, and the fact that Vinny Viola and Teresa Viola have said, you know, do what you need to do. Spend what you need to spend. Get the players here that you need to get here. This team, I, I keep saying it over and over. This is not just a team that, you know, went to the Stanley Cup final last year. And, you know, the playoffs a couple seasons before that. And But now, you know, it is what it is. We had our fun. It's over. Rebuilt. No, like this team is built to have success and and postseason success year in and year out. It is going to be such a fun ride for years to come. And I'm so grateful that I get to cover it because this team is so awesome and so likable and so much fun and such a good group of guys. And it's just, it's, it's incredible to see how passionate people are about this team and this organization.
0: What are we watching these days? Have you finished Netflix? Are you still watching some shows? What do we got?
2: Uh, what am I watching these days? Um, my older sister actually just told me about a show on Amazon Prime that sounded fascinating. It's called From. Have you ever heard no. of it?
0: No, I don't know what that is.
2: Um, it's basically this this town that you can't escape, and at night you have to like lock your doors because there are these monsters that go like okay. door and door, bite them in. Like, I don't know. It sounded really, really interesting. I'm doing a lot more reading actually these days than I am watching TV. All right. I just finished, let's see, I just finished a couple Stephen King books. <clears throat> I read Dolores Claiborne, Joyland. Right now I'm reading a book called Happiness Falls. I read um, The Last One Left by Riley Sager. So I, I'm really into like a reading kick right now. I like packing a book with me, going and grabbing lunch somewhere by myself and just sitting at a table and reading. All right, all it's right.
0: We just finished watching Goliath on Prime with uh, you know Billy Bob Thornton. That's mm-hmm. four seasons long. We loved it. We love the lawyer shows. So we yeah. just got done watching Goliath, and now we are watching because season two just came out a couple weeks ago. We're watching Reacher, which is uh, also Ooh. on Prime. We love Reacher. So oh,
2: another, uh, another friend of mine just recommended The Gilded Age on HBO, which I have not I, seen.
0: I know what that is, but I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So I, I don't know. All I right. still need to finish the final season of ozark for crying out loud oh come
0: on what are you doing
2: i know I know, but i almost feel like before i watch the final season of ozark i want to go back and re-watch all of the seasons leading up to it yeah to let's go kind of myself on everything that's going on but um yeah i don't know i, don't know I
0: love I the scene in think. ozark i love the scene in ozark when uh the father is in the is in the dream and helps and helps Wyatt uh, strum the guitar to, uh uh what's it, to uh man who sold the world. David Bowie's man who sold yeah. the world. I love that scene. Sad.
2: I love the scene where we meet her brother. um, And he's in the back of the cab or whatever. And it mm-hmm. just shows him, like, being happy. And then, like, crying. Yeah. And, like, going nuts. And, like, all this different stuff. And you find out, like, at the very end of it, that all the cab driver asked was, hey, how are you? And we mm-hmm. get, like, this full introduction to her brother and how complex he is and like everything that he's dealing with and like kind of sets up the struggles right that she's gonna have having a brother who's got like all of this going on and that's such like a huge part of I think it was season three. Mm-hmm. Um I so I yeah that show's just, just
0: all right you like, got you gotta finish it. I mean come on all time great know, show
2: it makes me want to just like after Panthers practice today just come back especially with it's so crappy outside like Come it's on. a perfect day to just sit on the couch and stream a show so who knows all right
0: all right Any there concerts you go coming up uh no i don't have tickets for anything right now there's i mean you know we're in that weird time of year where it's the winter and there's not a yeah. whole lot scheduled you know uh pearl jam should be releasing another tour for next year sometime soon so I'm going to do that at some point in 24. Rod Stewart's
2: playing hard rock again on Valentine's Day. Oh, is that right? I did last year. I went to Rod Stewart by myself on Valentine's Day and had the time of my life.
0: A little forever young?
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Young Turks, it was great. Went and gambled for a little bit. Saw Rod Stewart. Had myself a heck of a night.
0: All right, there you go. Uh, Great job as always, Jess. Good catching up with you. Appreciate you.
2: Always a blast coming on with you, Zaz.
0: Excellent job by Jessica there, I'm very fired up over the Panthers, had to wait several days for them to get going again, and then they pull off a performance like last night, so I feel real good about that. You know what else I feel good about? Every time I get to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Sheets and Giggles, I get the best sleep I've ever had. Sheets and Giggles has been with the show for about seven or eight months now, and I'm getting the best sleep I've ever had ever since I started using Sheets and Giggles. The softest, coolest, most breathable sheets out there. And when you go to SheetsGiggles.com right now, not only are you gonna get the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets out there, but you're never gonna have to worry about where you're getting your bed sheets anymore. You get the bed sheets, the blanket, the comforter, you get you can have a eucalyptus mattress. I sleep on a eucalyptus pillow. And what if I told you the first time you go to SheetsGiggles.com, you can get 20% off your first order when you use promo code Zazlow at checkout. That's right. Use promo code Zazlow, Z A S L O W, and you get 20% off your first order. And of course, the very first time you get that order from Sheets and Giggles, you're going to realize I was right. You get the best sleep of your life, and just like over 100,000 Americans, you're sleeping on Sheets and Giggles, and you're never turning back. SheetsGiggles.com, SheetsGiggles.com, promo code Zazlow. All right, so I do want to – we're going to get to Jamie Eisenberg. We'll do the fantasy football. We'll talk some dolphins with him. I do want to – I want to play you this clip. So this got some attention yesterday. So, you know, Udonis Haslam, Mike Miller, they have a new podcast. They have a new show called – Uh, I think it's called the OG show and all right, cool. Like, you you know, they're going to tell stories and it's going to be behind the scenes stuff and uh, all that good stuff. So Bam at a bio, they have two episodes out. And on the most recent episode, which was a couple days ago, I think Bam at a bio was a guest and Bam told a story about, I guess it was before one of the playoff, well it had to be before one of the playoff games this past season in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Celtics, and so here's Bam telling the story about really Udonis Haslam's hatred of the Boston Celtics.
1: We play in Boston, so you know his his feel on that. Yeah. So dog, we in the huddle, and you know Cap come in there, he give his pregame speech, and you know they retire like Bill Russell's jersey for everybody in the mm-hmm. league. So they got six in our Raptors. Hey, he in his pregame speech like, "Tell me when yeah, you gonna man, see a Miami Heat jersey hanging in a Boston." Bill h- Russell too, I said, "Bro, this man dead, OG." I had to repent that. I love man,
3: Bill. Man. No Bill disrespect Russell. to Bill. I love Bill. He just caught that straight. Man, There's no that I love Bill. And man he caught it straight. And he's he
1: six feet under, it. man. But will you ever see a Miami Heat jersey hanging in Boston never, Raptors? Never, man. man, respect yeah, I to I w-
3: Bill Russell. I love it. Why the fuck he got to hang in here? The that come out them people's mouth to us when we playing there? Man, listen. I, I might not lie. take back what I said. <laughs> now that I think about it, the way they, the sh- they say to us, Bill ahead. had
1: to go through it.
3: Yeah, okay, cool.
1: All right,
0: so you have some people, I don't know how much attention this is getting, but you clearly have some people who are upset, probably Celtic fans, because they're a bunch of assholes. And, and think about this, you know, Celtic fans, the people in Boston, they're angry because Udonis Haslam said, fuck Bill Russell, when... I mean, I saw someone else made this point on social media yesterday, so I'm going to steal it from them because it's a great point. I mean, how about you compare that, which is clearly Udonis Haslam talking about his hatred for the Celtics, not talking about anything Bill Russell related. Why don't you go back and read a little bit about how Celtic fans treated Bill Russell while he was playing for the Celtics. But here's the thing. So Bam had to get in front of cameras yesterday, do the whole you know, no disrespect, Bill Russell, everyone loves Bill Russell, blah, blah, blah. Udonis Haslam, I think, posted something on Twitter, all love for Bill Russell, even though he's saying it there, number one, I would say, you probably can't say, fuck Bill Russell. I'm not, you know, they want to tell a fun story there about Udonis Haslam's hatred for the Celtics, so I'm not sure that Bam should have maybe disclosed that story in those terms, because anyone hears, fuck Bill Russell, everyone's going to get upset about that. But here's the thing. You shouldn't get upset about it because anyone who's getting upset about that is clearly missing the point here. The point, And I have no problem with what Udonis Haslam says there. A, I'm a Heat fan, so I'm obviously biased. But B, because I have a brain inside my head. Because anyone who hears that clearly knows that Udonis Haslam is talking about his hatred for the Celtics. He hates the Celtics so much that even though Bill Russell is this amazing man, fuck that jersey and fuck Bill Russell too. He hates the Celtics. This organization hates the Celtics. And that's the point. So anyone who wants to get upset about that bullshit, it's just another instance of people wanting to get angry about stuff. Wanting to get all sensitive about whatever they can and complain. And on top of it, it's an easy way for people to be like, Oh, Udonis Haslam, who the hell are you to talk about Bo Ross? Udonis Haslam can talk about whatever he wants because he's the captain of the Heat before he retired this year. He's about to have his jersey hanging up in the Raptors. If he's talking to his teammates, that wasn't something he said into a microphone. That was something he told his teammates. And it was about, I hate the Celtics. This is how much I hate the Celtics. They would never have our jersey hanging up in their Raptors. Fuck that jersey that's hanging up there. And you know what? Fuck Bill Russell too. And anyone doesn't understand that that's about the Celtics and not about Bill Russell, I mean, get a clue. I'm sorry. So I understand Bam, you know, getting in front of the cameras there because you got a lot of sensitive people out there. And I understand you, Donis Aslam, you know, doing the whole, I love Bill Russell. That's not what it's about. If you don't understand that, oh my God, I, you know, All the apologizing that people have to do. I got no problem with what Udonis has. him. Of course not. He's talking to his team in the huddle before the game's going to start. And anyone with any kind of common sense knows. Nobody. Like, literally nobody. Except Celtic fans, by the way. When Bill Russell played for them, they're saying, fuck Bill Russell. No one at this point is saying, fuck Bill Russell. It's about the hatred for the Celtics. All right, let's get to it here. We got week 17 starting tonight. Browns and Jets. And, of course, that means our pal is Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports fantasy football expert. If you're still alive in your fantasy football, you're likely in your championship game this weekend. Jamie, thanks for joining us as always. Uh, Who who are the player or players this year that had that value where, you know, you took them maybe in the sixth or seventh round, but they're giving you that first, second round value that has helped catapult your team where – if you have this guy, there's a great chance that you're in your fantasy football championship. Every year has a couple of those guys. Who have they been this year?
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, first off, thanks for having me, as always, Zaz. Um, I don't know if it's that round range, but certainly you look at the two Rams guys who are, in a lot of cases, waiver wire pickups of Poop and Nakua and Kyron Williams. They've been absolutely amazing. Um, in that range, Rashad White comes to mind, depending on when he was drafted. He's been fantastic for the Bucs as, as their running back, their lead running back. David Njoku has been an absolute stud. Uh, Evan Ingram has come on lately, you know, two tight ends that have certainly popped in that mid-tier range. Um, Of the quarterbacks, it's been, I think, more of the the later round guys, the Brock Purdy's and and Matthew Stafford now. Baker Mayfield's on a good little roll. So, you know, more waiver wire type of options. But it's been a very strange year. I just asked this question on our podcast uh, on on Thursday morning uh, for people that can let us know what quarterbacks they're using because obviously Mahomes has been a little bit of a bust. Uh, We know Josh Allen, Jalen Hurst, they've been up and down lately. Uh, Lamar Jackson's been up and down throughout the course of the season. And then the injuries, you know, the guys like Justin Herbert and such. So which quarterbacks could you potentially be using? You know, so I have a couple of Stafford championships this week. Uh, Baker Mayfield's on a roll, like I said, 80 fantasy points his last three games, looking at him. So there's going to be some interesting lineup decisions for fantasy managers this week.
0: You know, it's interesting because there hasn't been like this huge stud quarterback per se this year. How is that going to affect the fantasy football drafts next year? Like what will be the earliest you think that the top quarterback has taken?
3: I think we go back to where it's kind of been, you know, prior to, I'll say, I'll say the COVID, you know, year when quarterback numbers just really took off because of some of the the decisions the NFL made, I think with holding penalties, you know, and how that helped uh, some of the play there. But, uh, we'll probably go back to, you know, waiting on the quarterback a little bit longer. So probably round three. You know, there'll be some leagues where you still see those guys going round two. But I don't think anybody's going to reach for anyone in round one anymore. Uh, and it's going to be fun, you know, once we get Caleb Williams in the NFL and Drake May and some of these young you know quarterbacks. And then we see where Justin Fields ends up if he stays in Chicago. Uh, Anthony Richardson coming back. You know, C.J. Stroud, what he was able to accomplish this season. Brock Purdy now. So, you know, the the ultra elites will still be the elites. Um, you know, Mahomes, Alan Hurts, those type of guys. Uh, But I think if you look at the position and you wait on it, you probably feel a little bit more comfortable going into 2024.
0: Jamie, where do you stand in the MVP race? Uh, Another week, uh, uh, another, you know, I guess, favorite candidate pops up. Uh, You know, Lamar Jackson versus Brock Purdy on Monday Night Football likely knocked Purdy out of the conversation. Where do you stand?
3: Yeah, I I think we're starting to see Lamar, you know, emerge as a favorite, understandably so. You know, the, the Ravens have the best team arguably in the NFL right now, certainly in the AFC. And if they win this week against Miami, they lock up the one seat. So it's going to be hard to take it from Lamar unless he has a Brock Purdy-like performance and, you know, just kind of vomits all over himself. Obviously, Dolphins fans will love to see that. Um, But I think we still have some guys that have a shot. You know, Christian McCaffrey still, you know, I I think in the mix. But most likely he'll be Offensive Player of the Year, him or Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek, if the Dolphins have a big game this week and he is a big part of it, can certainly put himself back in the conversation. And and the same thing with Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, Obviously, I think you still look at Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott as, as candidates. And one that's kind of, you know, emerging, which, you know, we'll see how the season ends is is clearly Josh Allen, you know, because of how the season has turned around for Buffalo and the way that he's performed under Joe Brady. So I think if the Bills can steal the AFC East and he has some big games in the next two weeks and Lamar Jackson sort of struggles, I think he could put himself in the conversation. But if the Ravens beat the Dolphins and Lamar Jackson has a strong performance, most likely they're not playing next week because they have nothing to play for unless they want to keep the Steelers out of the playoffs. And then you're looking at potentially Lamar Jackson as the MVP. Jamie, the
0: Dolphins control their own fate the rest of the way here. If they win their final two games, they're the number one seed in the AFC. If they win one of their final two games and the Bills lose or the Bills lose one, they win the AFC East. If they win one of their final two games and the Chiefs lose or the Chiefs lose one, they clinch at least the number two seed. How do you see this playing out for the Dolphins?
3: I think, unfortunately, they lose this week against Baltimore, just knowing that the Ravens looking the way that they are and the Dolphins with the injuries that they're dealing with once again, um, especially if Jalen Waller doesn't play. Um, then it's going to be a winner-take-all next week for Buffalo, which could end up being a back-to-back showdown where they play the Bills in the first round of the playoffs, yeah. which will be just an absolute disaster, I think, for Miami, having to go into Buffalo after losing that game at home. So I hope that they can beat the Bills and sort of still – Prove that they're one of the upper echelon teams in the AFC and still make a, a long playoff run. But I think any sort of trip straight through the road on the road for the Dolphins is, is a nightmare for them, especially with the weather that they'll have to contend with. Because, you know, whether they have to go to Baltimore or uh, Buffalo or Kansas City, any of those teams, not going to be easy for them. So I hope they get at least the one home game. I think they could beat Buffalo uh, in, in week 18. But, you know, injury has just played such a huge part, I think, for Miami, you know, whether it's Jalen Phillips' injury, the offensive line concerns the uh the Jalen Waddell injury now. You know, we've just seen them get the injury bug at the wrong time. Tyree kill in the game against Tennessee, which I think is a game that everybody's gonna look at and say that was the nightmare one. Um, you know, the, the injury bugs just hit them at the wrong time.
0: All right, let's talk about tonight Jets and Browns. You got
3: two really great defenses. What do we like? Well we got to keep an eye on Amari Cooper. That's a big part of this. He was huge last week and you, know, you want to talk about guys in that round six seven range. You know, he was kind of overlooked once again by fantasy managers and you know played very well despite some up and down quarterback play. So if he's out, I think you got to be out on almost, uh, you know, for the most part, everything with the Ravens, excuse me, the um, the, the Browns passing. I said the Ravens because Joe Flacco. Uh, but Flacco's been great. But if he doesn't have Amari Cooper, you sit him. David Njoku's been a star, so he's an easy start. You can make a case he's the number one tight end this week. Um, and then you look at Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt. I think they're both in play, Ford more so than Hunt, because the Jets certainly run defense has been worse than their pass defense. For the Jets, you have two stars, and it's hard to trust them. Uh, like you said, great defense for the Browns. Um, Brees Hall was amazing last week. But this is a much tougher opponent. And then you look at Garrett Wilson, same thing, much tougher opponent. So they're not slam dunk, easy starts. Breesaw a little bit better than than Garrett Wilson. I just hope what we saw from Breesaw the last couple of weeks with his role in the passing game continues. Didn't happen against Miami, but two catches last week. That's hard to ignore.
0: We got a pretty good Saturday night game, too. Lions and Cowboys. What do we like there?
3: Yeah, like almost everything. You know, no weather concerns. Uh, Jared Goff indoors has been much better than outdoors, so... Uh, the Lions' offense should come to play. You know, this is a huge game in terms of what the seeding could look like because the Lions are still mathematically alive for the one seed there. Um, so, you know, they they would like to win that, and the Cowboys, you know, can still win the NFC East uh, if things break their way over the next couple of weeks. So, big matchup there. Uh, Cowboys at home have been a much better team. So, I think you love you love Dak Prescott, love Ceedee Lamb. Dolphins certainly saw enough of that. Uh, Tony Pollard's a little bit tougher to trust, but still a number two running back. Jake Ferguson's number one tight end. Uh, Laporta Gibbs. Goff, uh, and, and even David Montgomery, I think, all qualify as must-start. So, this should be a fun game. All
0: right, let's do the Dolphins. Like you said, there are injury concerns all over the place, especially for Miami. Uh, what do we like there?
3: Well, Tua on the road, we know hasn't been great. We know he hasn't been a great fantasy quarterback lately, and clearly the Ravens, what they just showed you against San Francisco, to go into the the, uh, the Bay Area there and, and get four intercep- five interceptions, four interceptions on Brock Purdy. Uh, so, is a sit for me, especially if Waddle does not play, does not seem like that's going to be the case with a high ankle sprain. Really, Tyreek is the only slam dunk. It's hard to get away from Raheem Mostert what he's done, but you got to keep an eye on his injury with the shin problem. You got to keep an eye on A.J. with the toe injury. Uh, if by chance both those guys are out, then Jeff Wilson becomes a flex play. But again, taking on Baltimore not exactly the most encouraging thing. Lamar Jackson is an easy start. I know the Dolphins' defense has been great, give them a ton of credit. But you know, again, this is Lamar's last, I think, showcase game to you know prove that he's the MVP. Because if they win the game, no matter how they do it, they're probably sitting guys next week against uh, against the Steelers. So I think Lamar comes out and has a good game. I like what Zay Flowers has done really in four games since Mark Andrews has gone down. Three of them, he's been a stud and gotten the target. So at least you know the volume has been there. Despite the fact that the Dolphins secondary is fantastic, I still think you start Zay Flowers as number two receiver. The running backs are tougher to trust. Gus Edwards is a touchdown or bust candidate. So if he falls in the end zone, you'll be happy. If he doesn't, you sit him in the Dolphins' run defense has been great. And so really it's a lot of question marks. But you know, hopefully we get a game like we got last year where it was a huge scoring matchup for both these teams and the Dolphins came out on top.
0: And do we have any sneaky plays at the skill positions for this
3: weekend? Well, I think you keep an eye on the biggest one for me is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, if Isaiah Pacheco misses the game with a concussion, which he got on Monday, so it's hard to feel the protocol in that short of time. The Bengals' defense has been abysmal without DJ Reader, who they lost two games ago, so he's definitely in play. Um, when you get past him, Zamir White, same thing. If uh, Josh Jacobs is out, the Colts' run defense has certainly been leaky for the majority of the season. So Zamir White's been very good over the last two games. He's still available in some leagues. Uh, at wide receiver, uh, there's there's a couple of guys that you can take shots on. But remember, you know, week 17 championship. Hopefully, your teams are set that you don't need to take shots on guys. Uh, but Rashid Shaheed's coming off a nine-target game for the, the the Saints. Great matchup against the Bucks. He scored last week. Should have an opportunity to play well against that secondary.
0: Jamie, excellent job as always, man. I appreciate you. Let everybody know how they can hear you tonight, leading up to Thursday night football, and then of course this weekend.
3: CBS Sports HQ and then our uh, Fantasy Football Today podcast. And you can also watch it on our YouTube page. Uh, hopefully it's you know been helpful for you all season long. And then we go all throughout the offseason, getting you set with all of those fun conversations with the NFL draft and everything that goes on there, DFS through the NFL playoffs. So you can stick with us with our podcast all season long.
0: Jamie, you've been awesome this year. I appreciate you, man. I think we'll still chat throughout the playoffs and then into the Super Bowl. There's all kinds of daily fantasy stuff we could still cover, right? Absolutely, man. I'm always here for you. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. Have a good weekend, man. Appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Happy New Year. Excellent job by Jamie, as always. And, yeah, hopefully you're able to get some help there if you're still in fantasy football. It's the championship week. It all gets going. Tonight, week 17, Browns and Jets. All right. You know what else is gonna make you feel like a champion besides winning your fantasy football league? When you get yourself a brand new car. Now you gotta figure where to go. That's actually the easy part. The only car dealership I send you to, I personally endorse, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're gonna be treated like a king in their brand new state of the art facility on North Andrews Avenue. It's that beautiful building. You can see it from I 95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. They have an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory. Plus, use cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model. You're sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Plus, all new Subarus and most pre-owned vehicles come with a lifetime warranty. So you know that you're covered. And right now... At North Fort Lauderdale, Subaru's a big event going on. The 2023 Subaru Share the Love event where a portion of all new sales goes to help local organizations in our community. Plus, lots of great offers right now, like... A 2024 Subaru Outback Premium. You could lease for just $321 a month for 36 months with $59.95 do it signing with approved credit. Or a new 24 Cross Trek for just $219 a month for 36 months with $54.95 do it signing. Go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com for full details. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. We'll start out here. We know, look, the Dolphin fan on social media has been giving Colin Coward a lot of attention lately. I told you, I don't care if they say good things or bad things. I just like that the Dolphins are being talked about. Well, Colin Coward, even after he said that the Cowboys were going to crush the Dolphins, no mea culpa from him, and he continues to mock the Dolphin fans.
1: 1-8 last night against Buffalo. No playoff wins in 23 years. Mike McDaniel against winning teams is one in three, minus 47 point differential, and he's crushed bad teams. Sunday was a attaboy and nothing more. No credit given, that's Visa. No validation, look elsewhere. You still make the herd hierarchy, but if you play Dallas again, I'd take Dallas, and Vegas probably would too, and that's okay, but if you haven't done anything remarkable in two and a half decades, I'm not doing backflips.
0: I'm going not a big deal. Look, he's entrenched in his position, all right, and I already told you, he doesn't care if he's right or wrong. He cares if you're talking about him, and the Dolphins, now, the Dolphins as an organization, here's the problem I have with what Colin is saying. He's making it sound like the Dolphins want their respect. Dolphins are not talk about that at all. Dolphins fan base, which every fan base wants their team to be respected. So I'm going not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. My man, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Every Wednesday, you know he's on first take. That's the best day of first take, obviously. And yesterday, Dog is telling you he has been terrible with the gambling this season
1: an absolute disaster. Go so on the day after Christmas, I don't learn my lesson on Christmas Eve. And I bet the Chiefs, by the way, on Christmas Day, Ooh, and child. I don't learn my lesson. You take and him. the fat guy says, let's go rice on the money line at 5.30 on a Monday afternoon. I am a degenerate and a loser. I deserve to lose every penny. What an awful, 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 awful <laughs> Oh, not again! Oh, oh. Stake me down! <laughs> Just don't I'm
0: going big deal because it's not often, if maybe ever, that you have an analyst or you know host or whatever on television who is so open about their gambling. I think it's cool. Obviously I love dog, I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Now, I told you, the only show that I really pay attention to on FS1 is Speak with Joy Taylor, who's a major star. Sometimes, though, I will catch First Things First, and that's with Nick Wright, and he's got his panel there. I like Nick Wright. I think he does a really good job.
1: Yesterday, Nick Wright just crushing Aaron Rodgers. Now, does that impact my opinion on Aaron Rodgers? No. You know why? Kirk Cousins, not vax. Nobody says a mumbling word about him. I'm pretty sure Lamar Jackson got vaccinated. I'm not sure. Best I can tell, Lamar Jackson won't even take Dayquil. My guy gets sick every year. He's going to win the MVP. We don't... The commentary is not about your vaccination status. It's about you being the most disingenuous athlete of my lifetime. You were disingenuous about the vaccine. Mm. That was annoying. Not the status, the way you did it. You were disingenuous about your retirement status. Mm. 90% retired. You were disingenuous about coming out of the dark room, I'm gonna play for the Packers. That was my only goal. You were disingenuous about how well Verizon works in (laughs) Southern California. You were then disingenuous (laughs) about whether or not you wanted Randall Cobb, Al Lazard, Tim Boyle on your team or if Joe Douglas is just quite simply the worst talent evaluator in NFL history. You were disingenuous about why Nat Hackett's the offensive coordinator. You're now disingenuous about your own comeback, which you were disingenuous about the entire time. <laughs> so this is not about anyone's private medical decisions. It's about the biggest look at me, Louie, saying to his best buddy, McVeigh, why is everyone looking at me? It's so irritating. Right, right. You know. I mean, that's what it is. My God, and everybody knows it. I think A.J. Hawk knows it. I think A.J. Hawk is watching this like this guy's lost his mind. I'm going not a big deal
0: because he's right. Nick Wright is right about Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers, when he used to be on the Levitard show a few years ago, he was great ever really since he got to the Pat McAfee show, and it's nothing against Pat McAfee. Love him. But Aaron Rodgers, like, he's changed. And... It's an, it's an insufferable appearance every single week from Aaron Rodgers. I used to love watching him on the Levitard show. I never watch him on the Pat McAfee show anymore. Nick Wright's told he's on point. I'm go- so I'm going not a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. You know this afternoon at 2.15, live Yankee Stadium pinstripe bowl. Miami Hurricanes are playing. Hurricanes and Rutgers are playing the pinstripe bowl today. I'm going not a big deal. A lot of you may be listening to this right now like, wow, I didn't even know that. I woke up this morning. I was like, "Today is December 28th, right?" I think the Hurricanes are playing. Yeah, I'm going. Not a big deal. And that right there is another edition. A big deal, not a big deal. Yes. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Make sure you get a nap. And you got some late night with the Heat tonight, 10 p.m. Heat and Warriors. Tomorrow we'll get to a lot more NFL as well. Thanks everybody. Help put together a great show as always. Thanks to all you guys for listening i love you long time. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. You got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.